This podcast is brought to you by VinZero. VinZero pioneers solutions and services to the AEC and manufacturing industries to support net zero targets. Visit VinZero.com to learn more about how organisations design, build and solve through digitalisation. From VinZero to you, welcome to our Think Future podcast series. Each week we'll share conversations with industry leaders from around the world to find out how they're thinking future. Subscribe to VinZero Think Future for access to more episodes, interviews and profiles. Bertrand Cars is the Secretary-General of Glass for Europe, the trade association for Europe's flat glass sector. He is actively involved in all policy and regulatory issues affecting the flat glass sector at a European level, in terms of manufacturing, decarbonisation, energy efficiency, sustainability and product policy. And with over 10 years at the helm of Glass for Europe, Bertrand has a strong insider knowledge of the flat glass manufacturing and glazing sector. Welcome to the program, Bertrand. Well, thank you for the invitation. Happy to be with you. Bruno, for those who are not familiar with Europe Glass as an organisation, what is its mission and purpose? Glass for Europe is the European trade association of the flat glass sector. So it's mostly the type of glass that goes into building, automotive, solar energy, appliances and electronics as well. It regroups the major floor glass manufacturers and works with associations across Europe representing the transformation and processing. So we really cover the entire building glass value chain. Our goal really is to be a catalyst of cooperation within the flat glass sector so that we can deliver sustainability, growth and value to everyone across the sector as Europe moves toward climate neutrality. So, you know, we believe that to get to climate neutrality, we need that cooperation to deliver the change. We can no longer work in silos when we look at all those massive transformations that are needed. For example, on recycling, where you need many different actors to work together. So what we do is we develop resources for all actors in the sectors. We allow cooperation projects to flourish in the industry. And we also have this role of advocating for our sector towards European authorities. So decarbonisation for the manufacturing process of glass, is it possible? Well, first of all, the European flat glass industry is fully committed to reducing the CO2 emissions associated with glass and glazing products throughout the full life cycle. And the life cycle is very important to us because it means we need to work on the CO2 emissions of our glazing products as we manufacture them from cradle to the grave until the moment they are no longer being used. So there are really many actions and progress that need to be realized throughout all the different stages of a product. First, of course, the upstream part, where a lot of companies are working on new raw materials and synthetic raw materials, for example, so that you have a lower CO2 footprint and they emit less CO2 when they are melted into glass. There's the manufacturing of your glass and glazing products, of course, And there, the industry over the last 25 years in Europe has already reduced its CO2 emissions per tonne of glass produced by 43%. So it's quite substantial. But of course, you know, we need to go further. And there they are 
improvements which are made every day with new technologies being tested and piloted. I don't know if you've seen last week, there was the first pilot of a hybrid furnace, 50% powered by electricity and 50% powered by gas. And then that's a project for a pilot test that's been announced by uh, AGC Glass Europe and Saint-Gobain Glass in the Czech Republic. So there's also work in this manufacturing stream. But again, you know, I said full life cycle, so that's not all of it. It's also about working on the optimization throughout the value chain so that you minimize waste during the processing and transformation stage. And you do that with e-marking or optimized transports and logistics of glass. You need then to work on the phase when your products are used in buildings, how we minimize also CO2 during that phase. And that means making sure your products deliver maximum energy efficiency to the buildings and least CO2 emissions possible. And then the end of life, the recycling, again, where we have to work on increased collection and recycling. So decarbonization of the sector is not only about manufacturing. And as a matter of fact, it's not only, of course, decarbonization is a lot about reducing CO2, but we also have to work on all other possible polluants and minimizing waste to have a fully wide and sustainable approach to our industry in the future. So, Bruno, what are the key challenges for the glass industry in that regard? If I have to select only a few of them, allow me three. I would say the first one, the reduction of CO2 emissions from flat glass manufacture. The second one, the improvement to the effective recycling of glass and glazing products when they reach the end of their lives. And third, but equally important, really is the constant improvement to product performance and functionalities and what they deliver to cars or to building. If you want me to expand a bit on each of those, I think the first one, which is the reduction of CO2 emissions in the glass manufacturing process, we've talked about it a bit earlier. But our industry today in Europe, it represents 0.13% of EU CO2 emissions. So it's already relatively modest. But yet, we're still an energy-intensive industry that's mostly running on gas, so it's emitting CO2, and we have to cut these CO2 emissions to the maximum extent possible. So yes, there's researching, there's piloting of new glass-melting technologies. We mentioned the hybrid furnace a bit earlier, but they also work on hydrogen, where tests have been carried out by another Glass for Europe member, the NSG Group in the United Kingdom. But even the day that technology is found, is tested and found to be working well, you will still have huge challenges to actually implement it because you have to make sure you have enough decarbonized electricity or enough decarbonized hydrogen that's available and that's affordable for you to be using it. And then you will have all this industrial challenge of upgrading the plants, which will take time, which will require massive investment. So we're really talking here about something that will take decades, but that is fundamentally important and where we need to accelerate if we have to be there in 2050. The second challenge I mentioned was about 
recycling. We're talking here about the glazing or the glass from your windows in your house or in the big uh, commercial buildings out there. How do we collect them before those buildings are demolished or when the windows are being replaced? Can we collect it? And can we separate that glass early enough in the process so that it does not get contaminated by all the metals or pollutants? Because the moment they are contaminated, their recycling is going to become extremely difficult. So here again, huge challenges in scale. I mean, nowadays in Europe, most of this glass coming from old commercial buildings or your replacement windows, they're not being collected and they are therefore not properly recycled. Huge challenges in terms of logistics. How do you organize that you dismantle the glass from a big building in the middle of a city before it's being demolished? How do you transport all this glass? How do you store it? Challenges in terms of cooperation. To make that happen, you need window manufacturers, glaziers, waste management firms, recyclers, transport companies. Uh, so that's really a huge task, but that, that we have to embrace to make a big difference in terms of sustainability. And the third challenge, and not least, huh, because it's a very important one, it's probably the most obvious one, is how do we make sure that we continue improving the performance, the energy efficiency performance of the glazing products that we install on buildings so that those buildings are better insulated from the cold or better protected from overheating and therefore they consume less energy for heating or air conditioning and emit less CO2. Here again, you know, huge progress has been made in the industry. Nowadays, in Europe, all the glazing products that are available are already net CO2-avoiding products. They deliver more CO2 savings when installed on buildings than was emitted for their manufacturing. But again, we have to always improve the performance in terms of insulation, heat modulation, more functionalities into the product. And obviously, we will therefore cut even more CO2 emissions from building. So you see, I mentioned only three, but they are quite uh, vast and challenging areas, if I may say so, for the industry. Are you looking for a digitalization and net zero partner to help you achieve your goals? Join the thousands of AEC and manufacturing customers globally who have turned to VinZero to start their journey toward a net zero future. With 32 offices around the world, VinZero can connect you to the right technologies and workflow processes so you can maintain your competitive position and increase profitability. VinZero has an industry expert to help you navigate the best pathway forward wherever you are on your digitalization and net zero journey. Visit binzero.com to find out more. So talking back there about recycling and the degree of collaboration required, have there been any projects that have impressed you with their capability or capacity to recycle or upcycle? Yes, they are. They are definitely impressive projects. If I have to name one, I'll be mentioning the work done by I hope with the renovation of the Burrell Collection in Scotland near Glasgow, that was quite impressive. They were able to entirely refurbish the building 
to bring it to the highest energy efficiency standards and specifications while reusing and recycling a lot of the materials, including, as a matter of fact, all the large surfaces of glazing. Because for those who don't picture it, we're talking about a, a very highly glazed historical buildings. And the facts are there. More than 16 tons of glass was recovered for processing into new architectural glass. And no glass material that was removed from this building was sent to landfill, including, you know, the body-tinted, laminated glass or large-scale units, which might be a bit more difficult to manage at the start. But none of it was sent to landfill. Now, there are honestly other remarkable projects of this type, but we're always talking about landmark, prestige buildings. And really, the challenge is how can the same be done for your more typical high-rise building in the city center or how we collect the millions of square meters of glass from the old windows, which are replaced every year in Europe. So that's really the next step to get there. We've talked a lot about reducing the emissions from the glass industry and about recycling. Let's come to the broader impacts of your products and how they are used in buildings. What are some of the solutions that flat glass and glazing provides in supporting energy efficiency, as you mentioned, and CO2 savings in buildings? Well, it's very important in this entire debate not to forget the impact of those glazing products during their use phase meaning when your glazing is installed on the building. Because at the end of the day, a glazing stays on average about 40, 50 years in a building. So it must be chosen to deliver the maximum efficiency and comfort to the occupants of that building while minimizing indeed the CO2 emission throughout the life cycle. In fact, glazing already helps in many ways to reduce CO2 emissions uh, from buildings. We can look at the insulation properties to insulate the building from the cold. And here, all the coated glass technologies out there are extremely efficient to properly insulate building. Plus, you have new technologies that start appearing in some buildings in Europe, like vacuum glazing. But at the end of the day, all the products to minimize heat losses in buildings and therefore minimize the heating needs and CO2, they are already out there in the market. It's just about making sure that they are properly used. So insulation properties against the cold, but in the same way you have to think about the solar control properties here to make sure that there is no overheating in the building. And again, You have coated glass technologies out there that are extremely efficient in that regard. Plus, you've got some newer products now available like uh, dynamic glazing. It's important here to reduce overheating to increase comfort or summer comfort for the occupant, but also to minimize the use of air conditioning in buildings. So you would say it's very important in a sunny climate or in the south of Europe, but in fact, not only. It's equally important in a large commercial building that's equipped with air conditioning all over Europe. And with climate change bringing more extreme temperatures, even in the northern part of Europe, you see more and more air conditioning being installed and therefore more and more a need to prevent overheating 
in residential dwellings. So those solar control properties are there as an essential adaptation, if you like, to this change into climate change. But we talk about energy efficiency, but it's also about generating more solar power and specifically solar glass with extra clear glazing and some coated technologies to make sure that maximum sunlight reaches the photovoltaic cells beneath and you produce maximum renewable energy. Then you have the building integrated photovoltaic solutions also to integrate as part of the vertical surface of your buildings that can create solar power. So you see it in terms of efficiency and more renewables, flat glass and glazing products are really essential for the decarbonization of buildings. And aside from the comfort that you've talked about and energy savings, are there other properties that glass delivers to design and construct sustainable buildings? A lot of them, definitely. And the first one that comes to mind is what actually makes glass so specific. It's distinctive and unique feature, the fact that it is transparent and the fact that it provides you daylight inside buildings and views to the outside. And, you know, many research have shown how daylight and connection to the outside improves focus, improves productivity, generates more cells, improves recovery in hospitals. So that's the key fundamental added value of glass in buildings. And it's one that can be to a great extent taken for granted. But again, there's more than that. It's about the safety glass solutions to prevent the spread of fire or to ensure security within the building. Uh, Glass also does not contribute to deteriorating indoor air quality. And we know that the quality of the air inside buildings is very important for the health of building occupants. And glass's distinctive feature that it does not contribute at all negatively to indoor air quality. It's about ventilation, but... If we want to look at it from a moralistic view, it's also about the unlimited design opportunities and the adaptability of in buildings that glass offers. And that's very important. So these are just a few, but I want to stress how all of this is really essential because at the end of the day, when we construct a building, we are not constructing a building with the primary purpose of minimizing CO2. The main reason why we build the building is to build for the occupants that will use, leave, work in those buildings. And those buildings have to be primarily made for them. And, of course, at the same time, we need to make sure we minimize CO2 emissions. Absolutely, particularly given we spend 90% of our time living in buildings very very important so what is the industry doing to provide even more sustainable materials well i think i hinted to that already a bit uh, earlier i mean the industry is really working on all fronts it's the manufacturing of the materials it's the recycling and it's increasing the product performance and functionalities that glass deliver to buildings So on manufacturing here, we're mostly talking about reducing embodied carbon emissions, but it's in fact reducing all possible emissions from glass manufacturing. 
in terms of product performance, again, providing better insulation, managing solar heat gains, harvesting more solar power, enabling digitalization. All of this area is a key one for the industry. The goal, the ultimate goal, is to make sure we improve the whole life cycle balance of our products in terms of carbon, but everything else. And we increase functionalities to continue delivering added value to buildings and to their occupants. But John, with so much happening in the glass and glazing industry, when you think future about all the opportunities that are presented, what is it that excites you the most about your industry? If I have to mention some elements, I would definitely say first the transparency, because it's all about the transparency. And with it, for me, comes the unlimited design opportunities that glass offers, and that makes it such a a wonderful material. Now, of course, when you dig deeper, there are so many other exciting aspects, the new technologies, the new functionalities integrated into glass that makes people's life easier every day, while people don't even realize it. And that's the beauty of it, because it's really about simplicity. And all of that is delivered when we are talking about an earth-rooted material, a fundamentally environmentally friendly material. It's inert. It's fully recyclable. We're talking about an industry that's fully committed to the sustainability journey. So, you know, in, in short, to me, it's about a bright and transparent future. That's what Glass delivers. Well, Bertrand, we thank you very much for sharing your thoughts on the glass and glazing industry, and we look forward to hearing more about the innovations to come. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the invitation. This podcast was brought to you by VinZero. VinZero helped the AEC and manufacturing industries keep pace with digital change and achieve their technological and sustainability leadership goals. VinZero is a company that cares about creating and building a better world. Together, we are working with industry and environmental experts, providing forums and platforms through our VinZero Think community to create conversations that matter to our future generations. We invite you to join in the conversation and participate in our Think community. Like and subscribe to Think Future to stay up to date with the latest innovations and conversations as we take AEC and manufacturing around the world closer to zero. You can download our podcasts at vinzero.com or from your favourite podcast platform. From Vinzero Think Future, thanks for listening.